Hey there, everybody. We are back with you again, and I am pleased to report that I fixed Garen's mic. I've been having him talk into the side of the mic for like two months now, Uh huh. and it sounded like he was in By the hallway. Accident, right? Yeah. I just wanted my voice to be louder. <laughs> so Garen now sounds like he's in the same room as me. Which is awesome. Which is good, because he always has been, but it's probably not sounded great on there. So hopefully we fixed that a little bit. But we're here to, to follow up to his message on Sunday The text was Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, and it was about children obey your parents, honor your father and mother, and there were some instructions for parents as well. And so we just wanted to go back and touch on that. But before we even did, Garen, I wanted to ask you, why preach on this? Because whenever I hear this passage, I hear somebody talk and say, children obey your parents, honor your father and mother, and that's kind of where it gets left. But you took it another step and really challenged adult children in the way that they parent and in the way that they treat their parents or think of their parents. So I guess my question to you out of the gate is, why did you teach that and why have I not heard that in like 30 years? Yeah, I mean, I had said Sunday, I've never heard anything about how as an adult child should I interact with my parents or treat them. And it was the text that took me there because Paul gives the obey and then he grounds it in the, the Torah, the Ten Commandments. And so I went back to that and was asking the question, why obey, why honor, why not obey? And as I got into that, that, that that command was for everybody, no matter your age, that there's no expiration. There's an expiration date on obedience, but there's not on honoring. And that just really grabbed my attention. And then that's when I texted some couples that I respect and said, how do you, what makes you feel most honored? But it was the text that drove me there. That wasn't, I didn't even know that it would go there when I started. So when you texted those friends of yours who are parents to adult children, what did you ask them and how did they respond? I think the question was simply, what, what are the things that make you feel most honored as an apparent, as a parent from your adult children? And people texted back five, six, seven things, but a lot of themes kept coming through. I kept seeing a lot of similar things. And those, those core ones were the ones that made it Sunday. And then the thing, the other thing I found interesting is a number of them after they texted that, then texted and said, um, I actually don't feel like I get very much of this. And so that kind of kind of hit me. And I thought, you know, maybe this really is important for people to hear. Because like I said, I'd never, ever had heard that. And it even made me think, how did I relate to my parents um, as an adult? And there were things I should have done better. So hmm. I really loved how you extended that to adult children. I liked the clarity that you gave on what it means to honor your parents, even if you're not under their house hold rules and and needing to necessarily obey everything they say anymore. And I really enjoyed the challenge that you put out that list where you said pick two to get better at and circle one this week. I think that we all, no matter what our age, have some level of parental baggage or some level of working through something with our parents. Sure. And it was just really nice to hear that addressed and for you to kind of give us a roadmap for it. Yeah. I mean, our small group Sunday night, that's what we talked about was what what were the ways we struggled with that and what were we going to do better? So it generated a good conversation in our group. And then, Garen, you talked about parenting a little bit. And the thing you said that I love and that I try and do in my spirit is you said chill out. So what was at the heart of that? And can you kind of give us a little more meat on that bone? Gosh, a lot was at the heart of that. I think the main thing is, is I was looking through that and I saw that Paul – his big command is to nourish your children, which again to me is a very profound thing to say. And then the two ways is training and teaching, right? And that training ground 
is a bigger word, and it was just all about in kind of the environment and stuff that you create. And that, to me, is really huge. Is It's not just rules, do's and don'ts, and I'm just trying to push facts in their head, but what am I creating an environment that's that's helping to move them towards Jesus? Um, and so that's that was kind of that emphasis. I remember we came back from Passion in like 2018 or something, and do you remember... There's a bunch of international students, and then you let you asked me to be a leader, so that's how I got to go. And we came back to your house, and we mm, mapped out right. on that big piece of paper. Right. Um, I think it was like attitudes and environments, and I, for the first time, I kind of realized how important environments are when you're discipling. So, can you just talk really quickly about why the environment that we choose to create for our kids is more important than the rules themselves? Because I'm sure there's parents out there who are like, man, I got to have this list of rules, or my kids are going to go off the rails. Yeah. And why? Even though those are important, like environment probably trumps that. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you learn from the Bible? The Old Testament is a rule-based covenant, and it didn't work. It failed because rules don't change hearts. And then you come to Jesus, and you're like, this guy, they're just—can you imagine hanging out with him? And he taught things, but it, I, to me, it's you look at his life and the environment the disciples are around, what they're seeing and how, how he loves, and he speaks so much to the heart. And so— Always in my mind that exercises and environments are two important things, but the environment to me is even more important than because if you have all the right rules, but the environment's not good, kids are going to push back against that and it's going to have the opposite effect. So the environment is the thing that's most important. Yeah, that's what kids would label as a probably really legalistic upbringing, right? Like right. my mom and dad had all these rules. I didn't really know why, but I know I had to follow it. And right. that not only is not great parenting, that doesn't really reflect the heart of God. So we could be even doing spiritual damage on some level, right? Yes. Like, because our kids, you know, all they have to think about God with is how their parents treat them. And so when they're at that young age, if we are all rules, no environments, no relationship, that yep. can really set kids on yep. a bad path, And right? so environment and relationship to me are huge. Those things go together, yeah. right? So yeah, if it's all rules and that in, that the relationship part isn't there, the heart isn't there, you're not getting at the heart and it's just rule-based, that's not going to get you very far. That's why that was the first command and to me the general one is that whole idea of a training ground. And that to me is, of course, we need to teach the truth, but to me that's the big one. Yeah. Now being a parent of three, I realize that rules are so important. So as I say this, don't hear me say that rules don't matter. But the families that I look up to as far as family discipleship and the ones that I see that are doing it well, they do this chill out thing. And the way it manifests itself in them that I've seen is that instead of having a long list of rules of don't do this, don't do this, do this, always do this, always do this, they really have almost like a really good mission statement for a for a company. They have really short but easy to remember and really clear expectations of their kids. Like for instance, Andy Stanley, I remember we were at Expo and he was up there with his wife and they said they only had two rules or he only had one, two rules for his boys. One was respect your mother. And the other was don't lie because lies destroy relationship. And so as long as the boys followed those rules, everything else seemed to come under those two in yeah. some way, shape or right. form. Jonathan Pacluda is a pastor in Texas that I listen to a lot. And he says, we have, we discipline for three things and three things only disrespect, disobedience, and deceit. And so once again, just kind of making it as simple as possible. And that doesn't mean that you don't, you don't, um, have rules for your kids it just means that we're making it easy to understand. And to be honest, everything bad your kid can imagine or dream up falls under one of those things. 
And so instead of remembering 20 rules, hey, as long as I've got these one, two, or three, um, I know that I'm in a good place with mom and dad. So I don't know. I think that's really cool. I want to come up with something like that for my family. I don't know if that's how the Forsyths did it or not, but that's kind of what I want to do. Yeah. And even if you go back to the founding fathers and democracy and the founding of the country, they actually wrote about the fact that if a country has a lot of laws, there is a huge problem because of the people there's the there's something wrong in the hearts of the people that people should it should not be a rule-based society that you've got to have people's hearts in the right place and so a good society has fewer laws and to me it's the same thing with the family it's yep i agree with that and you say the reason for that is because it's important to get to the heart right that we're not just treating surface level stuff that when you can get to the heart of a child that's when you can change behavior yeah yeah, to me, it's the it's that heart, it's the values, and trust me, didn't do this perfectly at all. But if you can get to where they're valuing those things and they're they they get the heart behind it, and I think if they know the intent of your heart behind it, somebody the other night in our small group said, you know, my parents they screwed up a lot, but I always knew their heart was in the right place and they cared about me. To me, that's they've so in others their parent created an environment. Where yeah they messed up because we all do but they they felt loved and cared about ultimately they knew that their parents really loved Jesus and that's where they wanted people to get to. Did you feel like you were aware of that as you were bringing your three kids up or did a good job of it? I got <laughs> yeah you get you get slightly better over time and then once your kids are leaving home that's when you look back and you're like man if I could do if I could do if I could have a do over on that I would because really as I think I said it Pat and I as we've talked even focus more on the environment and more on just even larger things. Like even if you took Paul out of Ephesians 5 and just says, you know, what our house is going to be about is love and respect. I mean, what two great things, right? And if you can get your family growing up treating each other with love and respect, can you imagine, you know, how that would work out? So that whole thing of just looking back and saying, you know, like I told my kids, I said, if I could go back, what I'd say is just chill out. Just don't take it so serious a lot more grace, and just let go of a lot more. The con- get No control. I just feel like those things exasperate kids so much mm-hmm. that when it's all about rules and it's so serious all the time and it's all about controlling. So that's just, yeah. yeah, to me, that's, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would just do a lot more of the grace, chill out, yeah. let go. So does that mean, Carissa, you, your oldest, you really didn't know what you're doing, so she's messed up. Ariel, you'd learn something, so she's in the middle, and then Kieran turned out really great. Like, every child just got a little bit better. Yeah, just, uh-huh, perfect, yeah. exactly. That's why you ship Chris off to the East Coast, right? So just let, J- let JD straighten her out. Yeah, right. let JD take yeah, care right. of that one, so. I remember when Pastor Al was here, he told me in reference to parenting, he said, I told my kids yes as often as I could. And I thought that was really great, because his heart was always towards them and to nourish them and to, like... You know, it's not about making your kids happy, but to make them happy when he could. And he wasn't about, you know, these hard rules. And if you know Pastor Al, you know, you know, it's hard in that. But I think about that sometimes. Yeah. Same thing. We, that's what I always, I wanted to say yes more often. Occasionally I'd throw in a no because I knew that in life you're going to occasionally get things that don't go your way. Mm-hmm. And so you wanted an occasional thing like, but it, it wasn't to be mean. It was more yeah. for a general life principle. You just um, shook the eight ball every time, right? All right, Kieran, let's see if we're going to get <laughs> yeah, dominoes tonight. Oh, does not look good. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But to me, this what we're talking about is so crucial. I, I said it the other day. I think I learned this from the Coltrane's that that question, are you raising a Pharisee or are you raising somebody that loves Jesus? And I think if you're rule-focused and it's all serious and control, 
that you're raising a Pharisee law-based person and that, but if you're doing environments right, that's when you'll push up or, or you'll, they'll be drawn more to Jesus and loving him. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, you mentioned some resources at the end and I had actually read one of them. So you asked me to share just really briefly, but the one that I had read, it's called Family Discipleship by Matt Chandler. And man, I can't recommend this book enough. It's not super long. It's super applicable. There's no wasted space in this book. Um, there's there's a buildup. There's a foundation chapter just on what it means to disciple your kids well within your immediate family and within the family of God. Um, I'm just kind of looking through later in that chapter. Oh, Garen, it actually talked about something that you mentioned in your message a few weeks back. Chandler here says that the organizational nature of the church exists to help the organic expressions of the church family flourish. And I thought that so mm. perfectly summed up what you were saying maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah, cool. Um, so hey, dude, Chandler. I'm Ch- not so I'm not too far off base. <laughs> Chandler read, Chandler heard your message. And then you put that in the book. And wrote this book. Yeah. Um, and then just another big thing he said, kind of in building up to the crescendo of the book, was that as parents, we got to be models for our kids. And that just means being reliable and relatable. And he goes more into that. But after that, he really, I mean, the rest of the book is just three chapters. And it's just about discipling your kids through time through moments and through milestones and and essentially with time just that your discipleship of your kids is a daily rhythm it's not like mm. it's not like something you sit down and have specific time for i mean maybe it is but it's more about those just like in your normal rhythm of your day how your kids see you live and, and love jesus and parents so time was one moments was one just using small moments kind of impromptu moments to disciple a kid goes through a hard time and we were just remind them of god's goodness or um, something unfair happens and we take them to scripture, just using specific impromptu moments to train our kids in the way they think about God. And the last one is milestones, just making much and celebrating those occasions that mean a lot, whether it's um, their you know, spiritual anniversary when they give life to Jesus or for their baptism or you know, whatever that is for you guys. In, in the book, Chandler talks about when when he beat cancer, they celebrate his his cancer day where, where he would like run into remission. So just celebrating things as a family, spiritual things and, and familial things, and just making much of that. So I can't recommend it enough. The thing I really enjoyed about it was there's lots of questions in here at the end of the chapters to help you as the parent kind of determine where you are and what you need to work on. He also gives you schedules that you can use like little... Um, like a table that you fill out as far as like things to disciple your kids during the week. And it's, it's loose enough that you can make it yours. And he gives you examples in the back, but I just think it's really practical for anybody who's like, okay, I want to disciple my kids. I want to be a model for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure where to start. Yep. It's a good tool. Yep. So for that training ground component, that's a really good book. So we highly recommend that. Yep. So, yep. Thanks if, for that. Overview. If you use promo code Garen, uh, you get 30% off your book. And you earn $10 towards a Broncos jersey. Yeah, there you go. So you earn Bronco it, bucks it, with Garen. Yeah, Bronco bucks. It, it will not apply to Chiefs gear or any other team. It's only Bronco Well, bucks. you want to wear a winning team. Yeah, so, you got to be. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we have to endure this while we can because the Chiefs are probably going to. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to go undefeated the rest of the season. They're going to rattle off 10 wins. Yeah. We can't make fun anymore. So <laughs> we have to do it while we can. Okay, Garen, that's really all I had. Was there anything else you wanted to, to share as we kind of round this out? No, that's good. I think I think we hit all the big points, dude. That was great. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening. We hope you are listening to the follow-ups and they're helpful to you. Um, we enjoy doing them. So this is such a big key thing. Um, as someone who 
works in kids ministry, we really want to partner with families to raise the next generation for Christ. And so there's a lot of work to be done on your end, but we're here to support you and, um, and do our part too. So we're excited to be in the journey with you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks guys. See ya.